0: Well good morning everyone, Uh, lovely to see you all and to be here with you. Um, In case you don't know me, my name is Nev, I'm one of the, hey, thanks Caleb, Uh, one of the pastors of the church here. I was going to say you're all hyped up from Funky Monkeys, but you weren't even there Caleb, you were revising. Maybe that's why you got so much energy, he's been cooped up at home revising all week. Um, Yes, so we're going to uh, continue our series exploring the book of Luke And exploring who Jesus is as we do so. So if you haven't been with us, that's what we've been doing uh, in recent times as a church, going through the book of Luke. We're going to be in chapter 6 today, so if you want to follow along, you might want to find your way to chapter 6 of Luke. And uh, today, we're, we're coming to the part in Luke where Jesus speaks about the blessings and woes. Everyone say blessings. Everyone say woes. Woes. It's not a, a word maybe many of us use uh, today, but um, that's what it's titled as, particularly in the NIV. But I'm going to read from the ESV later. If you're using an app, you can find that version. Um, but part of what we're going to read today is about uh, Jesus mentions various things, such as um, the idea of being hungry and being satisfied. And um, in the summer, I enjoyed on numerous occasions having ice creams. Uh, Anyone else have an ice cream or two in the summer? Feels like a long time ago now, doesn't it? Well, uh, I enjoyed having one or two, and I don't know about you, but in those moments, I don't know if you've been in those situations where you've either been with your family or with friends, and there's a a group of you getting ice creams, and um, I I usually am quite keen by that stage. I'm like, oh, I would like my ice cream, and I'd like it first. and so I might get my ice cream first, and I'm really pleased because I'm the first one with my ice cream. But then what tends to happen is it's so nice after the first lick. I can't resist just devouring it really quickly. And it's been lovely. It's been delicious. But then what happens is I look around, and I realize that everyone else is still eating theirs. And somebody is even just, hasn't even started theirs. They've just got it because they, they've been in that order. And now I find myself thinking... I've got my empty lolly stick, uh, ice cream stick, or my nothing, because I've eaten the cone. And I'm watching, and I'm thinking, I wish I had what you've got. And um, almost, I mean, at school I was known as a scrounger, so I'd be like, can I have a bit of yours now? Um, And so, yes, I guess I initially felt blessed in that situation to have my ice cream, but then I felt a sense of woe as I had none to eat and everyone else did. Now that might be a bit of a trivial illustration and way into this uh, passage, but it is an example of what Jesus says today. So he says in the verses we're about to, he says, woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. And that's what I was in those situations. And when Jesus taught, throughout the bible and we're going to read some of his words now he certainly made the disciples and the crowds who gathered around him to listen he made them think when he taught them he often said things in ways that made people go what, what does he mean there?" Or, what's you know it wasn't always straightforward and and do you know what he continues to cause us to think today even as we read these words of Jesus from many years ago we still come to them and go hang on what does Jesus mean so uh we trust and we're going to ask God now that he's going to help us to understand his word as we read it. So let's just take a moment to pray. And as I pray, why don't you also join in prayer. Ask God to help you understand his word as it's brought this morning. So Father God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the power of your truth. Even just recalling last week, seeing those wonderful moments of baptism. But that, that came through people reading and discovering you through your word. We thank you there is life in your word, and I ask that you would help us to understand your truth this morning. I I ask that you would speak to our hearts through it, Lord God. Amen. So we're coming to Luke 6, and today we're going to read from verses 17 through to 26. 26. And just the bit prior to that, as Phil spoke last week, we heard about how Jesus had spent a whole night on the mountainside praying uh, as he was about to make the decision of 12 of his disciples he was going to choose to designate as apostles. So he had done that throughout the night, and then we come to the next day, and it says this from verse 17, and it says, And he, Jesus, came down with them, and he stood on a level place with a great crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and the seacoast of Tyre and Sidon, who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases. And those who were troubled with unclean spirits were cured. All the crowds sought to touch him for power came out from him and healed them all. So Jesus is here and he drew crowds because he had power on not only his teaching, but he had power to bring life where he taught, he healed. Where he healed, he taught. And that's something interesting to observe here. When you see Jesus, when he's, he's speaking, it often is accompanied with signs and wonders. And when he uh, shows signs and wonders, it's accompanied by some teaching of some sort. And then we get into this next part. And like I say, in the NIV, it's titled Blessings and Woes. Or in here, in the SV, it's the Beatitudes. And it says this, Jesus, he lifted his eyes on his disciples So so he's there with all the crowds. He's got uh, his apostles, his disciples, and then just crowds of people. But it says he lifted his eyes on the disciples in this moment amongst all these people. And he said, blessed are you who are poor. Now imagine at that moment, they probably stopped. They were like, sorry, blessed are we who are poor? We're poor. And you're saying we're blessed? What does he mean? And then he says, for yours is the kingdom of God of God. Blessed are you who are hungry now. Really? I'm blessed if I'm hungry. But I'm hungry. I need some food. I haven't eaten for days, perhaps. But he says, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. Really? Am I going to laugh at this moment in my life when I've got this going on, when I'm facing these horrible circumstances in my life, and Jesus, you're saying I'm blessed because I'm weeping because I'm going to laugh. Am I really going to laugh? Am I really going to find joy? I can't see it. But this is what Jesus is saying to them right now. And then he says to them, blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and revile you and spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. So if I'm being persecuted, if I'm being uh, excluded, I- I'm-, I'm being hated and-, and people are reviling me and spurning my name as evil, I'm, I'm blessed But he says, if this happens to you, what does it say? On account of the Son of Man. So not just if it happens, but if this happens because of me, because of Jesus, because of your faith and devotion to me. If that's why this is happening to you, then you are blessed. And then he goes on to say, rejoice in that day and leap for joy. When was the last time you leaped for joy? Anyone leapt for joy? Yes. Yes? When did you leap for joy, Vivian, recently? At a service, you were jumping around like a hyena. I didn't know hyenas jumped, but I guess... Gazelle. A gazelle, okay, a gazelle. And laughing like a hyena, maybe, yeah, okay. Wow, amazing. So you're experiencing the joy of the Lord in a moment in a service. Wonderful. Well, that's a lot more holy than... I, I was just thinking, I jumped actually yesterday. I was with my family at a playground, and I just jumped for a selfie to get a photo. So it wasn't really a... as holy as that moment. But you're jumping and leaping. For joy. And that's what Jesus is saying. He's saying, Look, all these things poor, hungry, weeping, being uh, hated you're going to rejoice and you're going to leap for joy because. For behold, your reward is great in heaven, for so their fathers did to the prophets. You've got a reward coming in heaven. So these things happen now, but you've got a reward coming, so leap for joy. But then he goes on and he shifts the uh, kind of focus to, to the woes. And he says, but, but woe to you who are rich, for you have received your consolation. Wait a minute, so if I'm rich, that's not a good thing? We'll come on, we'll have a look a bit more about that in a moment. Woe to you who are full now, for you shall be hungry. So If I'm full, woe, because I'm going to be hungry. Woe to you who laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe to you when people speak well of you, for so their fathers did to the false prophets. Wow, okay. This is kind of flipping our understanding upside down a bit. So there's the passage. That's what Jesus says in this moment. But... What is going on here? What is going on? Is Jesus saying here, okay, so if I want to be blessed in life, then what I've got to do is follow this. I've got to be poor, hungry, weeping, and hated. I've got to aim for those things, and then I'll be blessed. That's not actually what he's saying here. But the key thing as I pointed out was these parts where he says on account of the son of man and great is your reward in heaven. He's looking at his disciples and he's not saying. It's not like they're all in this situation, but he's saying if you are in this situation now. You are blessed. Do you know why? Because you've got this future hope. And. Of course, we, we see the bit where it talks about we should be weeping, not laughing. Is that true? Because then later on it says, woe to you who laugh now. So are we not to laugh? Well, if you look back, and we just talked about that part where it says you're going to leap for joy. That, that implies joy. I'm sure there'll be laughter when you're leaping. You're going to surely be laughing when you're leaping with joy. So I don't think he's saying um, that we shouldn't have any of these things. But he is pointing to something about an eternal perspective here. An eternal perspective. How are we living now in light of eternity? Are we living in a way where we're just focused on the here and now, where we're enjoying the goodness of this life, but without uh, the sense of Jesus, I'm enjoying these things for your glory. Are we just enjoying them for ourselves? Now, like I said, Jesus makes us scratch our heads sometimes with this teaching. So I just wanted to share a short kind of picture or story that I I hope will help us to just think a bit more about what this means. So there's a guy, let's call him Charlie, And he comes out from a manhole, you know, in the ground. He comes out of it, steps out. And he can't really see much because it's completely pitch black. And he kind of feels around. And then he finds a wall. Puts his hands on the wall and realizes this wall isn't just a wall. It's actually curving. And it's going all the way over his head. And what he realizes is he's actually in a tunnel. And it's dark. And then suddenly he hears... Clunk of that manhole cover that he just came out of. He doesn't know where it's gone. He's now in this tunnel. He can't see and he's looking one way, he's looking the other. And then as he looks this way, he can just make out a tiny pinprick of light in the distance. And he's thinking, right, I think I'm in a tunnel. I don't really feel like I want to stay where I am. I'm going to try and find my way out. And so what seems obvious is aim, aim for the light, right? But then he hears a bit of sound coming from this direction. What's that? Sounds like maybe people? Ah, well, hang on. Maybe there's some people down here. Maybe they could help me. Maybe there's a way out, like a door. Maybe I should go that way. Just as he's about to go that way, he hears some laughter from the distance, from where that pinprick of light is coming from. And it, It causes him to stop and go, "Uh, laughter, that sounds good. I'm going to go this way. So he makes his decision. He was was dithering, but he decides, no, actually, I'm going to go the way I intended to go in the first place. And so he walks and he walks down. And eventually, it doesn't seem like too long before he, he makes it to the end of this tunnel. And as he gets nearer, The pinprick of light becomes bigger and bigger until he finds himself coming out the other side. And when he comes out, wow, he looks around. What he can see around him, amazing landscapes, hills, clouds, sunshine, sky, green grass. It's amazing. And he thinks, wow, this is glorious. And he kind of drops to his knees and goes, this is amazing. And then he stands and he looks around and... He sees there are other people in there, and they're equally looking amazed. Some are leaping for joy like gazelles and maybe laughing like hyenas. They're, they're, they're enjoying this place, and they're going, this is wonderful. And Charlie's enjoying it, but then he just has this moment where he stops and he goes, this is wonderful, but I'm sure I heard other people in that tunnel I came from. They've got to know about this place, haven't they? So, he has this moment where he's like, I'd love to stay here, but I've got to tell more people about this. And just as he's about to go back towards that tunnel that he can see, he he stops and he turns and he sees, he suddenly notices there's this roaring, great, humongous flame in the middle of this place. And he's suddenly like, wow, that is the most beautiful, captivating thing I've ever seen is roaring. And his eyes are drawn to it and his heart's drawn to it and he sees some people near this flame. And he notices they're approaching the flame with candles. And they're taking their candles and they're lighting them off this flame. And then he realizes these people are taking these candles and they're walking towards the tunnel. And he's like, right, okay. So he manages, he finds himself a candle. He does the same. He takes one and he joins this whole group of people who decide, not everyone, loads of people still just enjoy themselves, but there's a group of them that are like heading back into the tunnel. And into the darkness they go, but only it's not as dark as it was the first time he was in there, because he's got this light that he carries with him. And they walk together into the tunnel. And then, as he gets further into the tunnel, he starts to hear the sounds that were coming that he heard uh, when he was there in the first place, and he gets nearer and nearer, and he realises there are people there, and he gets towards them, and they're queuing up, and and they're almost in the line, and he speaks to this lady. He says, "What, what are you doing?" And she says, "Oh, well, I'm just going that way." And why are you going that way? Well, because everyone else is. But what's down there? Well, I don't know. But everyone's going that way. Well, how do you know it's the right way? I don't. Well. You should come this way. There's, there's, this, there's this amazing place down there. No, I'm fine. Thanks. Thank you. I'm going to stick with this way. Okay, so he carries on. He walks a bit further. He walks past her, and then he sees some like, people having a good time. There's some lights flashing. People are dancing, having a bit of disco. They look like they're having a great time. There's someone else selling stuff on a stall. There's all sorts going on. He realizes that there is some life in this place. There's stuff going on. And then he chats to another guy. Go- well, actually, not him. Another lady carrying a candle, she chats to this guy and she says, hey, you're going the wrong way. And he says, no, not another one. No, I've seen you lot before with your candles. No, no, no. I'm fine where I am. But, but you've got to come. You don't realize what's down here. Oh, I do. I've heard it before. There's a lovely scenery and there's a flame and all sorts. No, I'm fine where I am. But you've got to come. Well, maybe when I finish doing what I'm doing here, I might join you, but I'm all right as I am. Whew, okay carry on then Charlie gets a bit further and it seems like okay well maybe these guys are happy maybe it's a fine and okay place to go but the thing is the sounds of laughter and enjoyment as he gets further and further down this tunnel it changes and what once he thought was laughter and excitement is actually turns into something more like the sound of pain and screaming and then he sees things deteriorating and he sees like Rats on the floor and horrible dirt around him, and then even some remains of what appear to be maybe some bodies. I mean, it's horrible, you don't even want to talk about it. He's like, Wow! And just as he's getting further and further, he suddenly notices his candle is like that tall. He's like, Yikes, my candle is going to go out if I don't rush. It's going to go out. I might be stuck here for ages. So he quickly turns and he says, well, I've got to go. And he makes his way back before his candle runs out. Eventually he gets back to the light. And he's back in this glorious place. And so he has these mixed feelings where he's like, this is wonderful. It's so good to be back. But all those people. And as you might imagine, the story goes on. And as I'm sure many of you have picked up from this story, this is a picture, isn't it? This story is a picture of us, of the world we're in now. The world that the Bible speaks of as being a temporary place. This tunnel, a representation of the world we're in now. These people in the tunnel are people that are in somewhere that is not going to be forever. There's two options the Bible speaks of. There's eternity, there's God. And to put it quite starkly, and we don't like saying these words, but there is, the Bible speaks of, hell, one or the other. And the desire for people who know and come to know Jesus is this. Jesus reveals himself to his beloved children. People come to find Jesus and they realize, I'm not worthy, I've sinned, but Jesus says, I forgive you. You come, I will give you eternal life. I've died on the cross for you. You can have eternal life. And people who experience that say, wow, this is too good to be true. I don't deserve this, but Jesus, you've done it for me. And we can live and bask in the joy and the enjoyment of something like this. But the thing is, Jesus is saying, whilst you are in this life, there are things I want you to do. I want you, my disciples, my followers, to tell others of who I am. I want you to bring my light to them so that they too may know the light that I have. There in that story there were others who came with the candles and had more success and managed to lead people out. Amen. But there are others who are like no I'm going my own way. And in this passage we've read Jesus says, blessed are you who are poor, blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied, for yours is the kingdom of God. These people going into the tunnel who have met Jesus, who have seen the light, as it were, if they're in there and they're thinking, I've been in here a while, I'm talking to these people, I'm hungry, or I don't have the things they have, they seem to have all these wonderful possessions, but they're thinking, do you know what, I am blessed because of that. I know what I have. I know what my eternal hope is. I know what my eternal future is. Yes, I may go through pain in this time. There may be hard times. I might be weeping. But I know that ultimately I'm going to spend eternity with the the Son of Man, with Jesus, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings. But it says, woe, woe to you who are rich for you have received your consolation. As in, I'm here. I'm enjoying myself here. I can't see really past this way or that way. I'm just enjoying the here and now. I'm having a party. I'm gathering up possessions for myself. It's all very well and good. But at some point, that is going to go. This morning I was just reading in the Psalms. And uh, it's amazing when you're you're kind of speaking of something and then God speaks to you through something you're about to talk on. Psalm 49. There's these bits in here that says, Why should I fear in times of trouble when the iniquity of those who cheat me surrounds me? those who trust in their wealth and boast of the abundance of their riches. Why should I fear? I mean, should I fit? Should I worry about these people who have great wealth and possession in this life now? It says, For he sees even the wise die, and the fool and the stupid alike must perish and leave their wealth to others. And then it goes on to say, this is the path of those who have foolish confidence. Yet after them, people approve of their boasts. It speaks of those who, like, yeah, look what I am in this world now. Look at this. And then people like that might die, and others go, well, look at them. They had this wonderful wealth, and I'm going to approve of their boasts that they had in this life. It says here in this Psalm 49, verse 14. Like sheep they are appointed for Sheol, or the grave, death shall be their shepherd, and the upright shall rule over them in the morning. But with God, God will ransom my soul from the power of the grave. He will receive me. Be not afraid when man becomes rich, when the glory of his house increases, for when he dies he will carry nothing away. Whatever we gain in this life materially, we don't take it with us, but we do have an eternal treasure stored up for us in heaven. That is the thing that we should be looking to. It says, for though he lives, he counts himself blessed, and though you get praise when you do well for yourself, his soul will go to the generation of his fathers who will never again see light. Man in his pomp, yet without understanding, is like the beasts that perish. See that? says his soul, uh, his soul will go to the generation of his fathers, and he'll never again see the light. That story I was sharing, it goes on, there's, it goes on, and as it Kind of towards the end of the story, there's this part where there's a loud some a trumpet sound. And at that moment, the flaming image of Jesus appears. And suddenly all those who are carrying candles, they've gone. And all the others are like, Where have they gone? They've gone. And then Jesus is standing there. And all the people are coming to the, the, the way that way, and he says, they said, Let us in. I never knew you. This is is what it teaches in the Bible. Jesus says there will come a day. And if you haven't turned to him, you'll say, I never knew you. This should, on the one hand, cause our hearts to delight if we know Jesus. Amen. We think, yes, I've got an eternal hope, an eternal future. But on the other hand, it should also make our hearts grieve for those that don't know him. For all our friends, for all our family, for all our community around us that don't know Jesus. And so that's why it says, blessed are you when people hate you and when they exclude you and when they revile you and when they spurn your name as evil on account of the Son of Man. Are you prepared to be um, rejected and hated? Not just for the sake of it, but for the sake of, I'm here to tell you about Jesus and if you hate me and if I'm persecuted for this, then hey... That's going to be hard on one hand, but I'm blessed because I know where my eternal hope is. I want to do all I can to rescue or help rescue and lead others to the light of Jesus. And there's a part in it, isn't there, a red where it says, woe. So we read these woes and it says, woe to you who are rich, woe to you who are full now, woe to you who laugh now when people speak well of you. So again, we might be thinking, so um, is that not right? Is that not godly to be uh, someone who's wealthy or someone who's, who likes to laugh or someone who's, you know, never needing food? No, it's not saying that. If you remember the story of Joseph, uh, Joseph... He had an amazing story, lots of ups and downs, but he, he was rejected by his brothers because they were jealous of him, and they threw him into a pit. He got sold, and then he got made uh, uh, put in charge of a, a very wealthy man's household. You know, he got kind of taken as a slave, but he was like, you, you're doing well. And so he was in a position of great wealth, and then he got put in prison again and then he, and then he comes out because he interprets the dreams of the, the pharaoh and he basically becomes the equivalent to the prime minister of Egypt and he's in charge of the land. So Joseph knows what it is to have loads of wealth and possessions. So it's not saying if, if you're in that position there's anything uh, wrong with that but he lived his life completely for the glory of God and what he did with that was he honored God. He listened to God and he obeyed God. And when he had plenty, he worshipped and praised God. When he had nothing and he was in prison, he worshipped God. Are you going to be that kind of person? Are you that kind of person? that, whatever circumstance of life you're in, whether you are in a time of, I feel like I'm in a time of real blessing right now, or I'm feeling like I'm in a time of real sadness and desperation and woe. But if you're a follower of Jesus, Jesus is saying here, you are blessed. It might not feel like it at times, but he's saying you are blessed. Because yours is the kingdom of God. Rejoice in the knowledge of that. Rejoice in that. We sung that song earlier Happy Day. I mean, you know, we should be leaping around, shouldn't we? We say, Happy Day! He's washed my sin away. It's true, isn't it? We should be rousing ourselves to worship. And you know what else? There is hope in this story as well. There might be some of us who have decided, "I'm gonna, I'm gonna um, live." for the pleasures of this world or maybe you haven't decided that you're living for God but then at the same time you get a great job career family and maybe even just subtly your heart shifts and you realize you're putting your faith and trust more in those things the things of the world your your family your career whatever it may be over and above your faith and your trust in Jesus And maybe you're like, actually, uh, Jesus, I don't need you anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to live for these things. And we're heading the wrong way if we're doing that. But do you know what? There is a promise as well, because Jesus tells the story of the prodigal son who did just that. He said, I want my inheritance now. I'm going to enjoy the pleasures of this life. And he spent his father's inheritance and lived wildly in this world. But when it all came to an end and he ran out of money, was there a way back? was there? Do you know the story? Was there a way back to the father? There was a way, if you don't know it. The prodigal son he said, look, I, I'm eating like, I want to eat what the pigs are, like I'm feeding the pigs right now. I could eat better if I served my father. I said, I'm not worthy to be your son, but I'll serve you. At least I'll get some kind of decent food. But as he goes back, the father sees him, and the father runs to him. He doesn't just stand, he runs. And he embraces his son, and he says, I love you, son. He puts on his ring, his best robe, and he throws a party, and he he cooks the most wonderful food for him. God is always ready to welcome us back, even if we've made the mistake of, like, living the wrong way. Because true blessing is eternal, and it comes through Jesus. No, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. If you don't know Jesus today, if you haven't given your life to him, if you haven't put your faith and trust in him, this is what it says in Scripture. It says, no one comes to the Father except through Jesus. Jesus died for your sins. He took your place on that cross. So anything you've ever done in your life, wrong. Is completely forgiven through Jesus because he's taken that punishment upon himself. And God looks upon you if you say, I accept Jesus has died for me. God will then look upon you as if he's looking upon the pure son of Jesus, his son. And you can know that eternal joy. As I was preparing this morning for for this today, I... um, uh, I was preparing a couple of weeks back, and uh, I kind of came to this yesterday, and I, I kind of just, I just del- kind of got rid of my notes, because I just felt God wanted us to just hear this particular emphasis today. And I don't know what you're feeling from hearing this today. It's, it's, it's a strong message, isn't it, like when you think about it, but it's one we need to hear, and it's one we need to be reminded of. We need to remind ourselves of who we're living for. And I wonder, who or what you are living for today? Are you seeking the rewards of this world and the immediate sense of gratification that comes from, wow, I'm self-sufficient, I can make this happen, I can take care of this and that. But are you putting that above your faith and trust in Jesus? If you are poor, then that's hard. But do you know what? If you're poor and you trust in Jesus, then that is rich blessing. Because you're you're, you're saying, Jesus, do you know what? I trust you. I trust you. I I, I remember when I first moved to this area as a step of obedience about 20 years ago now. I felt God say, come here, be part of this church. So I came. I I didn't earn much money at all. I lived on peanuts, you know. I, literally, I was like cans of, as the smart price, beans and sausages for my main tin of rice pudding. for my. I mean, do you know what? I'm easily pleased. I quite enjoy that kind of stuff anyway. So it's, it wasn't really a, a woe. But I never, had, I never had a sense of like, i really in want, you know? Like, God always gave me exactly what I needed. Exactly the, enough money for rent. Enough, like, I, I wasn't in debt. And I felt a sense of deep joy. And you know, just encouragement, like, trust in him with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. Put your faith in Jesus. Are you living for the here and now, or do you need to remind yourself of that eternal picture once again? The big picture. You've got, an, you've got a room that's being prepared for you, haven't you? We've been singing that already. My Father's house is a place for me. I'm a child of God. Yes, I am. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Whoever has Jesus, you'll never walk in darkness. It's like you've got that flame you're carrying with you. In that story I shared the character Charlie chose to follow the light and in doing so he discovered the source which he could take light from. And when we choose to follow Jesus, we're given the light of life. It's a truly awesome thing to know God and to be in his presence. But we must also remember to take our light with us into the world in which we live. Don't hide it under a bowl. Let's let our light shine because Jesus also said in John 12, 35, the man or woman who walks in darkness does not know where they are going. These people in the story didn't really know where they were going. Do you know where you're going? Do your friends, do your family, do your colleagues, do your neighbours, do they know? Let's be a church that longs to shine our light for the glory of Jesus, no matter what, no matter what people think of us, no matter how much they might gossip about us or laugh at us, if we are being laughed at on account of the Son of Man, then we are truly blessed and we can leap for joy. Amen? Amen. I'd love us to pray together, and we're going to worship Jesus. So maybe you want to stand, the band are going to join us. And in fact, um, have we got a prayer team today here? I think we will have. Do the prayer team just want to be ready over here? So every week, if you don't know, we have a prayer team here. I mean, anyone here who knows Jesus can pray for you, but these people are specifically here to pray for you if you want to pray about anything at all. We're going to worship in a moment. We're going to worship Jesus, but... If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, you've not put your faith in him as your Lord and Savior, you couldn't say with certainty, yes, I know where my eternal hope is. I know where my hope lies. I know Jesus. If you you don't know that today, you can actually give your life to Jesus today. You can say, Jesus, I want to know you. I want to say sorry for the way I've been turning from you throughout my life and I want to live for you today if you want to give your life to Jesus today then I encourage you do it today and if you're not quite sure still come and talk it through with someone you can speak with me after the service or if you want as we're worshipping now come forward and speak to one of our prayer team and they will gladly pray for you and introduce you to a wonderful relationship with Jesus also you can come forward at any point during this worship time if you want to be prayed for For a sense of, Jesus, I just want to know a renewed sense of trust in you. I want you to give me that passion to share my life with others. I haven't been doing it as I've wanted. Jesus, help me to do that. You can come and be specifically prayed for. But I'm also going to pray that for us all right now because I assume that we could all have more of the Holy Spirit in us helping us to share the light of Jesus to those around us. So I'm going to pray I'm going to hold my hands out you don't have to but if you want to it's just a simple act of saying Jesus I'm open to you this morning and I want to ask you Lord Jesus to come, I need you I'm dependent on you So Lord Jesus I, I thank you for your word I thank you for that reminder of where those of us that know you already, of where we've come from We're all imperfect. We're all sinners. we've we've done nothing to earn our place in your sight as your sons and daughters. You have chosen us. You have adopted us. You have died for us, Jesus. And we just say again, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you for what you have done for us. And Lord Jesus, help us to be those that carry your light. Into the darkness, give us boldness this week as we go into our workplaces, as we talk with our family and our neighbours and our friends and our colleagues and those around us. Lord God, help us to be bold for Your glory, God. not for our glory, but for Your glory. Lord Jesus, we lift our eyes again to You, and we say, Lord, we need You, we want You, we love You, and we thank You that You are the source of eternal life true blessing and hope is only found in you. Thank you, Jesus. And now, Lord God, we choose to worship you. We're going to sing our hearts out because you deserve it, Jesus.